Hello, and welcome back to Rightfully So, your podcast on all things writing for first-year writing students and all of those out there listening who love to nerd about writing and the writing process. Our episode this week is about successful topic selection, um, what to do when you're given free choice. Um, classrooms are interesting. Uh, you know, every student has their preference. And as an instructor, I always feel like I'm only going to bat about 50-50. Um, when I give students unlimited free choice, half the class is like, yes, finally, I can write about my passion project. Uh, and then the other 50% look like a deer in headlights. Um, they, they want, they need that desire, that scaffolding. Look, Mr. Grazier, just tell me what to write about. Um, I'm not sure why uh, anxiety about choosing a topic, I, th I think, is, is one underlying piece. Um, maybe a desire to avoid putting forth too much effort, like that creative aspect is, is challenging for them. Um, or maybe their expectation was all through high school, their topics were um, prescriptive. You will write about this. And so they haven't had a chance to exercise the, the opportunity to express their own ideas, right? To demonstrate that they have preferred topics, things that they're interested in, they want to talk about. Um, so I thought for this week, we would talk about how do you choose a topic for a writing class? Um, and, and more specifically, um, how do you choose the right topic, right? Uh, it can be really easy, I think, to choose a topic. Um, seeing a lot of my students sort of first attempt at choosing topics for research projects this week, 99% of them are able to come up with a topic. Only a percentage of those are truly going to be successful. Um, and, I, and I think we should probably talk about what separates a successful topic from maybe a not so successful topic. Um, some things to consider would be, you know, scope, um, appropriateness to the prompt, um, your level of interest, right? Um, so yeah, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Um, in, in your estimation, Carrie and Jeanette, uh, what makes for a successful topic selection? Well, I will say first that the, <clears throat> cause I hope students kind of what you're talking about as far as when we give that option and when we say, choose your own topic, um, I kind of wanted to backtrack a little to tell students the reason why we're doing that is because we want you to find something that you're interested in because we know that that makes the writing process less painful. So it's not our intention to trick you. This isn't a, you know, this isn't like some, you know, you have to find the topic that we are also interested in or something, you know, like there's no, there's no hidden agenda here. When we, when we ask you to choose a topic or when we ask, when we give you options, it's more about we know that that your interest level will result in, or what am I trying to say? The um, There's a direct correlation between your interest level and the quality of the work that's going to be produced. And that's what we're going for. So don't feel like there's some sort of secret formula that we're not telling you or something like that. It's more in the sense of, we just want you to pick something that's genuinely interesting to you. So that's always kind of, and I know we say that, and I don't know if students truly embrace that why factor and why that part is part of the assignment, but that's kind of what I wanted to kind of clarify first. I feel like. That's a really good point because I think at least what I've seen is that sometimes students when given a choice will try to figure out 
what is the topic that it, there's so much research on <laughs> that I will be able to like save time because it's just there and I won't have to like hunt for it and it won't, you know, be painful. Um, but it, Carrie, you're talking about like interest, right? Like if you are interested in uh in a particular topic and you you will actually know quite a bit more just naturally you know so um let's say you are interested in and i cannot think of a, a topic to save my life right now this is embarrassing um <laughs> it's like what is interesting um let's say i just saw something on megan markle and prince harry and it's something where um it you know I, I will have probably read something or seen something already so it will be easier to move along in the process because i will already know that they you know what she's already gone through in terms of like what are the flaws in terms of this whole idea of the structure of a monarchy you know before even reaching the point of trying to put together a research question or figure out a focus or narrow it down um and and earlier we had talked through you know what are those it's scope right like bill talking about like sometimes it's just too broad right like for the given project and that typically is where it starts and it's fine to start there right like so sometimes students will come to me and they'll be like i want to write on social media and it's like okay but what part right so <laughs> what part is interesting to you are you curious about these influencers or are you more interested in the fact that businesses literally are you know framing things on you know like so that you know to to get you to click more right like so it's is it that end of social media versus like the effects on 12 year olds right like so three different topics just within that and typically with these assignments it's going to be you're going to need to get that narrow yeah that's uh that's something i don't think i've ever um, to go back to carrie's point i don't think that's something i've ever articulated to my students which is I'm giving you free choice because I'm hoping you're going to pick a topic that is interesting to you so that you'll engage with this writing process because I don't want to add another hurdle to what I think is already going to be a challenging project. So the last couple of semesters, I've had my students write 15 page research papers instead of breaking up and doing like two separate sort of like medium sized writing efforts each semester. The theory being is I can spend a little more time working on the scaffolding through smaller low risk assignments and then allow them to apply those lessons in a single sort of like focused effort that we work on over a longer period during the semester, right? This idea of writing being collaborative in a process. Um, but given that it's a, a more challenging writing project, I didn't want to sort of saddle students with like, you're going to write about monsters or you're going to write about food or you're going to write about, I don't know, identity or, or any of the other topics that I've used in my classroom in the past. Um, it's like, no, choose something that you're interested in because you need to invest time and interest in this project. And if and if I'm just like, yeah, we're all gonna write about global warming, I'm gonna lose two thirds of you right away, right? You just, how is it relevant to me? I don't care. Um, and then the writing project has become that much more daunting because you have to get past the block of, I don't wanna write about this in the first place. Um, and then to, to the point of, what is the difference between choosing a topic because you think it's easy to research and choosing a topic because you enjoy it? Like Jeanette makes a really good point. Like access to information does not necessarily mean easy, right? Um, if you think there's, if you're choosing a topic because you think there's a lot of information, but you're starting from ground zero, that's more work, 
because you have to educate yourself first so that you can make reasonable judgments about the sources that you wind up using in your essay, right? And that means like starting with Wikipedia, starting with Google, getting a general sense of the topic, and then discovering, you know, are there credible and scholarly sources for that subject? And which way do you want to take it? Because chances are you started with something really broad like social media or global warming. Um, and, and you just, it, it creates this sort of like learning curve that you have to address before you can even really start with the writing process. Whereas if you choose a topic that you're already interested in and you're already familiar with, there's no learning curve. Now it becomes about narrowing, right? Cause I've, I've saw that this week, a, a few of my students I thought had interesting topics and they were definitely interested and invested in the subject, but their initial topic selection was like really broad. Like, students mental health and stress and i'm like okay what about it <laughs> or um technology i'm like what about technology i see that you have this enormous bulleted list of all these different types of technology i'm like we probably need to pick one aspect and then once we pick that one aspect or that one sort of discipline within technology we need to sort of discover what's interesting about that to you so then we can sort of figure out what is going to be our arguable claim, right? Narrowing that scope, like bringing it down to something that's manageable. Because also you've got to come up with like search research phrases, right? Um, how do I go research this? And if it's just global warming, you type that into any, you know, academic search premiere and you're going to get 10 billion hits, right? And this could be the effects of climate change, the effects of coal and climate change. Can we use CO2 scrubbers to pull C on and on, you know, research and op-ed pieces and newspaper pieces like it's just overwhelming the amount of information that you're going to get so you got to narrow it down to something specific um so that's i think that's why choosing a topic you're interested in is is important um what about what about um i was gonna say itself yeah, well, ahead. I was actually talking about this idea of even interest, because I feel like we say that phrase, whatever interests you, whatever interests you, and sometimes students don't quite know, but I feel like if, because that's when they go, oh, nothing interests me. I don't want to write about anything. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, for some reason, that's my my, <laughs> my student voice. Oh, no. It's the, it's the uh, sullen teenager voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, but I, I feel like... Um, the way that I try to phrase it uh, in a way that hopefully makes sense for students is the fact that I say, imagine that you're at, you know, a, a gathering with, you know, your, your parents and their friends, and they're all talking about some sort of current event or issue or whatever, you know, the conversation is kind of going down this path. I say, when would you interject? When would you say, actually, I have a thought about this um, and I have maybe some personal experience or I've seen things or talked to people and I have some input in this conversation? Because I know for me, especially when I was younger, I always was very intimidated by conversations about politics, you know, about uh, uh, climate change. You know, I just I felt like I didn't know enough to interject any thought and so I tell them, if you feel like you have some grounds of, of understanding about a subject and even just having, um, you know, a base knowledge where you're like, I have something to contribute to this conversation, that's the interest part that we kind of, you know, value with this, with choosing your topic. So if it's something that you feel like you have an opinion about or something that you, 
you know, that you, or maybe it directly affects you or has affected you in the past. That's something to start with. Um, cause kind of like, like what you said, if I wanted to t- have a conversation with, you know, my, at the time, my parents and all their friends about politics, I would probably have to do a lot of research <laughs> before then to even feel comfortable saying something to that conversation. And so knowing that you have some sort of base knowledge, I think is really, really important. And that's why I tell students that beginning portion of the writing process where you do, like you were saying, go on Wikipedia and, you know, doing a lot of the background research, that's part of essentially choosing your topic and, and narrowing it to what, what it is that you actually want. Um, if you find yourself, you know, feeling like you're so lost and you read this Wikipedia page and you're like, I didn't understand half of that. And most of it's linked to other things that now I have to go read about <laughs> in order to, in order to understand it even more then that's probably a red flag. That's, you know, something to consider. Maybe you should choose another topic or maybe it is too broad. Um, you know, so that's why I try to emphasize that, that background research part of the process is so, so crucial in even determining whether you're going to stick with this topic or if you need to kind of change, or even like we said, you know, uh, uh, narrow the scope a little bit more. Yeah. Those are great ideas. Um, I also think of, you know, students like nothing interests me. I'm like, well, where do you spend your free time? Like when someone isn't telling you to go engage with something, like what is it that you seek out that you find interesting, right? Um, and chances are we can find something there to be the basis of your research, right? We can find ways to bring that into like an academic environment. <clears throat> you know, one student's like, no kidding. Like their argument was like, Rush is the greatest rock band of all time. Like that was their topic. And I was like, okay, as an instructor, I'm going to take this on as a challenge as to how do we make this into like an academic paper, right? Because it can be done. There's books out there like the philosophical basis of the Lord of the Rings movies, right? You can nerd out about anything, right? Given enough motivation and the right resources, you can totally do it. Um, and so I was, I was sort of working through the problem with the student. I was like, well, you know, why is it your opinion? You know, why do you think this? He's like, well, they had all this influence on all these other bands. I'm like, so maybe that's our way in, right? We use music theory and we talk about, you know, stylistic choices that this band makes that then we can trace to like other bands styles or interviews with other bands like, oh yeah, you know, you know, Neil Perch drumming like really inspired me to like take my art form to like this level. And then I started emulating his style, but then I discovered, you know, my personal expression here. So I'm like, there's probably a, there's, there's a way that we can, if not, fully qualitatively demonstrate that Rush is the greatest band of all time, make a reasonable argument in, in a subjective sense as to why they should be considered one of the greatest bands of all time. Right. And to me, that sort of passes the sniff test because he's going to have to do research, right? He's going to have to like dig into like interviews and documentaries and music theory. Um, I pointed out some YouTube videos that use to explain why a song is catchy. Like there was one for um, Encanto's, under pressure like that song is blowing up because it's the subject is relatable but this music theorist is like yeah it's relatable for a lot of people but also this and he breaks it down like here's this chord progression and then it builds this tension and then as the listener you expect it to release but it doesn't Lin-Manuel does this instead and then he creates this and it goes along with the visuals and so it reinforces this this feeling of anxiety and then when he's done you're like okay, I totally get it now. This is how that song works on all these different levels, both in terms of the lyrics, in terms of the way the music is constructed and the visuals that go with it. And I said, do something like that. Like, if you want to make this case, you can do something like that. And then in, the reader's going to be hard-pressed to come back and be like, nah, 
right? Because then their counter argument is just denial. It's not really a counter argument. It's just denial. Nuh-uh. Corn is the best band of all time, which there's no accounting for taste. But anyway, um, so uh, <laughs> I was going to make a point there, and um, now I forget what it was. Can I interject? <laughs> yeah, interject, so please. As you were talking through that, I actually thought of a student paper that I, that I received, and it was really similar, right? Like, so there, um, what he wanted to write on was that the Beatles were the best band <laughs> ever. <laughs> and so it's like, and he went the direction of, you know, and it was still research, you know, but for in this case it was artistry and like the musical elements and theoretical things but he also was able to with the Beatles like look at you know how many records did they sell how much money did they make you know like what was the reach you know and so I think it's one of those things where it's just worth having that conversation and pursuing it because you never know and it's something where I think you're right like students tend to just go oh it's not viable right like it's this is just me you know this this is like google you know research only you know versus you know the expectation in one of our classes but it's not true there's ways to connect it that you know it, it can still be successful yeah i mean Maybe this seems self-evident because we all come from a literature and writing humanities background and we're used to like someone saying, read this novel and then write me a 22 page academic paper about it. Right. And so finding a way to be like, how can we have a serious discussion about the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit? Right. Um, I know. How about moral relativism present in the Hobbit? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to argue that um, Sauron wasn't the bad guy that the hobbits were the bad guy. There you go. There's an academic discussion I can argue. And we're going to use Nietzsche and talk about moral relativism. Yeah, so there, it can be done. Um, so yeah, don't dis discard a, co uh, a, a topic, I guess is the point I was going to try and make earlier, which is don't necessarily discard a topic. Like if you're interested in it, but if you're not sure it's going to work, reach out to your instructor, go to the writing center, talk it through with somebody and find that way in. But then Carrie mentioned, sometimes you do have to let go of a topic. And when is a good time to let go of that topic? Uh, and it, I think it's in that pre-writing discovery research phase, right? If you just cannot find anything that sort of defends your position or you find yourself doing an undue amount of work trying to defend your position, then it might be time to rethink either your topic or rethink your approach to your topic, right? Um, you know, it's it's... It's never a good idea to, to go too far down uh, a path with the topic where you sort of lose time to actually do productive research and write. Um, I, I usually would say like, yeah, give yourself like maybe a week, see what you can find, see what the discussions are. But if, you, if no one's talking about it, it's one of two things. Either the academic community at large is like, this isn't really worth discussing or we're not interested in discussing it, or you're breaking new ground. And not to be rude, but you're a first year writing student, chances are you are not breaking new ground. <laughs> um, I will say, I will yeah. say that makes me think too about, um, like you said, first year writing and, and classes like that. They usually an instructor's got some guidelines or there's something about the subject that, of the class itself that you're already focused on. So there's going to be some 
guideline some direction uh usually when it comes to choosing your topic rarely will you have a class where they just say choose anything at all right so i feel like some students um you know, they, they may not necessarily have the, I'm starting from like a blank page, you know, completely as far as this essay, like usually it will be something related to what your class subject is. And I tell them to, you know, look at the course description, look at, you know, the course objectives. Um, sometimes there's things in there that kind of will help you to kind of figure out, okay, what is it that I'm really taking away from this class or what I'm supposed to be taking away from this class. And then that can kind of help you to find that particular topic. Cause I feel like, and that's something too, is that students, when they're given so many options, <laughs> you know, there's some anxiety because there's too many options versus like a list of five things, you know, that they can choose from. Um, so I just kind of with that saying, there's rarely going to be a time when it's just a choose anything, you know, to write about. There's always going to be kind of some sort of guideline. I think that that's helpful to them at least to choose a topic. And even if there, even if there isn't explicitly like, Hey, it needs to be within this theme of the course. Um, I would say that often the prompt is going to give you clues as to appropriate topics because some topics will lend themselves to argumentation and other topics don't. Um, so your topic sort of needs to be suitable to what you're trying to do. Um, so for instance, I told my students, you know, we're modeling a mentor text. That was one of their assignments this semester, um, model a mentor text. And I said, in your, your, your piece that you write, that's modeling your mentor text can be about anything like fair game, right? Whatever subject that you want. Uh, I don't want to add any more complexity to this process than, than I need to. I said, however, <laughs> make sure that your topic selection or your subject is appropriate to the style. Because some of the some of the authors that we read were using a narrative style, some were using like a purely argumentative style, some were doing video about movies. Um, and I said, if you want to do an argumentative essay, but you two as a subject that is more appropriate for narration, like, oh, the time I got fired from my first job, that subject or that topic isn't appropriate to the style that you're trying to to imitate, right? Because how do you write an argumentative paper about your narrative experience? Like theoretically it could be done, but I think at this level of, of, of writing, I don't think it gets done well, right? Um, there are narrative elements in argumentative essays, but you can't really write a full narrative in an argumentative style. Um, so, you know, I, I try to caution my students. It's like, make sure the subject you're choosing is sort of appropriate for what you're trying to do and the same goes for like the research essay if you're doing a full research essay and the prompt is you know wants you to be more argumentative than informative then make sure you're choosing a topic and you're choosing a point of view that's arguable and not just like informative like let me tell you about all these things right because there are different types of research projects some are purely informative like go out and learn everything you can about the subject and report back but we're rhetoric and writing like our course is rhetoric and writing so we want you to argue. We want you to take a, an arguable position and then defend that. So your topic should support that activity, right? It should, um, audience and purpose, it should support that purpose. I was just going to say that reminds me to go back to purpose, go back to, you know, the mode that your, that your instructor wants you to write in, because that will often tell you a lot as far as what your, what your argument really, or what your, you know, topic should be within that particular paper. Yeah. You can always ask too. You could be like, you know, 
can you give me an example of like what's been done before? Or, you know, I try to remember to do that anyways, like when I'm going through it and like, okay, so for example, there's this and that and, you know, whatever. And so usually those are helpful, right? Like, so hopefully in listening to that, you know, you can find something else from there, right? Like, it's like, okay, well, I'm maybe not interested in that thing, but maybe this other thing over here. Um, and so it, it sounds simple, but it's, it's kind of like go back to your professor and or prompt. Um, and usually you can find something there. That's, that's so practical in terms of advice. <laughs> I'm like, or I you could just ask. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's find the most complicated way to describe this whole process. Or, or you could just ask, uh, is this appropriate? Um, I do like the ex uh, idea of providing the students with examples. I actually had students for the first time ever um, ask me for examples of papers done well. So a couple of students were like, hey, you're asking us to do this thing about mentoring of a, a modeling and mentor text. We're not really sure. Do you have examples of papers that have done it well? I said, sure. So I pulled like three or four papers from previous semesters and I kind of chose like ABC papers and was like, hey, these are what I consider A's. This is a C. This is, you know, I left out the non-passing because non-passing is self-evident. Um, I'm like, this is sort of like the best paper. This one's sort of like your average paper. So if you want to take a look at what those students, students did, see if you can tell which is which <laughs> um, to get a sense of, you know, where is that bar and like, and what does it look like when you've done it well? Um, so yeah, having, you know, examples for your students, like, Hey, these, these have been successful topics in the past or, you know, approaches to topics in the past um, topics I've seen students defend well um, are, are all great resources, right. Um, in terms of helping them, narrow their focus a little bit. I will say kind of too, based on that, um, those are some of the most fun conversations to have with instructors. Um, if you go into office hours and talk to them about just what your topic might be, what you're thinking, that's a great low stakes uh, opportunity to interact with your instructors. Um, there's really no pressure because you don't have, you know, a paper to present you know, you're not like <laughs> under that kind of pressure and you can just kind of have more of a casual conversation, get to know them a little bit, get, let them get to know you and kind of why you had this idea and where you kind of want to go with it. And I mean, I remember doing that a couple of times when I was an undergrad and those conversations were probably the most fun conversations I had with teachers <laughs> because they genuinely, you know, they, they liked even just the dialogue of choosing that topic sometimes even helped me to not only narrow my topic, but then it also gave me some guidance as far as what it was they were looking for. So it was probably some of the most beneficial conversations I've had uh, with, with my teachers in the past. Um, so I would say that's a great opportunity to do office hours um, just kind of going over the, and, and to do it early on in the process too, I would recommend not the night before it's due, um, <laughs> probably, probably, you know, like after the assignment prompt has been handed out after that, you've talked about it for a bit, you know, give it a few days and then email the instructor and say, can I come in to talk to you about what topic I'm kind of thinking about writing about? And your teacher's going to say, oh my God, yes, these are the reasons why I have office hours. <laughs> Yeah, I wish uh, students leveraged more of my office hours because that is 100% one of my favorite things about teaching, especially teaching writing, is getting the opportunity to sit down and talk to the students about the things that they're interested in. Um, 
I sometimes complain about getting the email. What should I write about? And that's because I'm getting it in an email, right? And I always respond to my students. I will answer your question, but I would much rather do it during office hours because an email doesn't give me enough space. I'm really verbose. And if you ask me what to write about, I'm going to talk your ear off for an hour, right? We're going to have that conversation and we're going to go all in on that conversation. And I really don't being, I don't really don't like being restricted to an email. Like my response would be like, I don't know. What do you like doing? Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a broad question, right? But what, but the beauty is in that broad question, right? When you're face to face or if you're on zoom or whatever, and you can have that real time conversation. Um, I, I, I really enjoy it. I spent no kidding 45 minutes after class the other day. Cause a student did that. He came to me with his laptop and he's like, I, I want to write about this. Is this okay? And we had a very like intense productive discussion about, yes, it's okay. But you know, here's some things that you need to consider as a writing project. And as you know, when we talked about scope and we talked about purpose, we talked about interest, we talked about research, um, talked about different avenues for research about what sort of sources he might be able to find and what sort of adjustments he might need to make, right? All of that stuff. Uh, and I was like, finally, a reason to be an instructor. Um, so, and then to, to Carrie's point, sometimes the instructor will tell you what they want. They'll probably almost always tell you because contrary to the popular myth, we don't keep secrets. Like I will absolutely tell you what I'm looking for. You know what I see? You want to see from your paper? <laughs> and, I'll, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> and we'll even say what kind of sources we're expecting you to find. Like mm -hmm. we are very clear <laughs> because we want you to do the best with that assignment. So, so when you come to ask us, that's going to be the best way to ensure that you get not only the direct answers that you want, um, and the most clarity about kind of the purpose of the assignment. Um, but it also, again, you get that individual approval <laughs> from us saying, that's a great idea. And here's what I'd love to see from that. And so then you can move forward in the writing process with more confidence too, um, versus, you know, if you pick a topic and you go, I don't know, this is going to work. And then you go a little bit further. I still don't know this is good enough, you know? And if you have that insecurity, that's really going to hinder the process um, you know, and, and that's exactly what we don't want. <laughs> a little validation goes a long way to smoothing the skid, greasing the skids on that writing process for sure. You're going the wrong, right. You're going the right way, kid. Keep doing it. You got it. We want you to do well, which I, <laughs> it sounds really <laughs> right? simple, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that's just forgotten along the way, but yeah, I, I, I feel like it needs to be said. I say in my classroom quite a bit, my, my job here is to ensure your success. I'm not here to punish you. I, I want you to, my job is to make sure you're successful. That's why the university has me here. They want you to become a better writer, to be more engaged in the process, to, to be more mindful of it as a process. I'm not here trying to trick you. I want you to succeed because it looks really good on my CV when you succeed. <laughs> No, no, no. I want to see students succeed because the cliche of seeing that light bulb go on when I see a student who finally gets it, um, who, who at the end of the semester says, I hated writing when I came into this class, but now I understand it. And I actually maybe even enjoy it a little bit. That's huge. It's huge. And, uh, and when a student says that they, uh, that they enjoyed writing a paper, I'm like, <laughs> that to me is, I'm like, yes, I'm, I have fulfilled my purpose, <laughs> you know, like it's very, <laughs> it's very fulfilling for us as teachers too, to know that you actually, you know, you, that you were invested, that you were engaged in that learning process too, you know, so that's something that we kind of want to see. And so if you can, and I've had actually, I, I think I look back 
um, some of my old work. And I actually saved some of my favorite papers <laughs> that I had from teachers, you know, and even because even yeah. some of the comments that the teachers made, I was like even more proud, you know, of my work. So I actually still have some of my undergrad papers that I was super proud of. So, you know, there's something about kind of, you know, taking that, taking pride in your writing and feeling more confident as a writer too, I think, um, when you know you've done well. And sometimes that just starts with simply choosing that topic and, and knowing that you have that confidence in it. Yeah. Choosing that topic and having the confidence is, is huge. And there's, as we just discussed, there's a lot of different ways to get that confidence, whether it's in familiar with the subject or getting that actual real-time validation from your instructor or, you know, doing that pre-research and finding a whole these things that support what you have to say. Like it's super valuable. Um, I think that, I think we're sort of at time for, for this episode. And I feel like we've, we've covered the topic of topics fairly well, but uh, are there any sort of like last minute, like takeaways or, or hints that we want to share with our audience before we sign off? Just to reinforce and re restate again, that um, it takes time to, <laughs> No, I mean, it, don't feel like if, if, you, if the teacher's going over the prompt and you're not instantly struck by the lightning of some brilliant idea, it's okay. <laughs> you know, we're not expecting you to know right away exactly what you're going to talk about. It does take a little bit of time to figure out what that specific topic may be. Maybe you have a general sense, but you need to find more of a specific, you know, and like we've talked about narrowing, you know, kind of your topic or something like that. So don't, if you're not struck immediately, don't think that that's a bad sign. That's not a bad sign. That means that you're, you're being cognizant and careful about the choices that you're making. So, you know, don't, don't lose confidence right away. If it's not, you know, something that just comes to you straight away. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, that's great advice. Actually, is is to allow yourself the space to to consider that topic. Uh, you don't have to regurgitate it as soon as the teacher's done going over the prompt for sure. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Jeanette? Or? I just, I, I again think it's really cool that that <laughs> we got to this place where it was like both you and Bill, Bill and Carrie were talking about you know just that cool like office hour where a student comes in and they, you just talk, you just have this conversation. And generally, you know, when it is about topic selection, the student's excited and then I got excited and it, it is a really cool thing. You might not feel comfortable or maybe it doesn't work out in terms of talking to your professor, but talking to somebody is probably a good idea. Um, so it's like, if you're going to take away anything, it's like, it, it's in that process that we sometimes find our topics just talking to anyone. Yeah, we have a really early episode, uh, the role of conversation in writing uh, in our first season. Um, and it's worth going to listen to that because we do talk about how having that dialogue with your instructor or a writing center tuner or a friend or or a peer in the classroom can really open you up to to different ideas, um, different topics, maybe a different way to approach a topic that you've already selected uh, and to not discount the value of having an open and honest dialogue. And that might be the way you find your conversation, right? What is the thing that gets you excited when you talk about it? What makes your face light up when you, when you get a chance to share it with somebody? Um, that might be the thing that you want to write about. Uh, great takeaways, great ways to think about uh, topic selection and, and 
successfully choosing a topic for that writing project when the teacher says, write about whatever you want. Um, don't panic. Embrace the chaos. Uh, take it as an opportunity. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, I want to thank Carrie and Jeanette for their insightful comments and contributing to the conversation um, and uh, deep diving on this, on this topic. Uh, in the meantime, get out there and write something.